uh, talking about them. And let's allow the Lord to uh, to speak to us today. Amen. We are looking forward to this coming Sunday. Amen. It is uh, the, the last service before Christmas. And we're going to be dismissing um, the midweek service next week due to the holiday. And uh, it's going to be a wonderful time being with family. Amen. How many love Christmas? How many loves Thanksgiving? Who loves, thanks, who loves Christmas more than Thanksgiving? <laughs> Amen. When I was younger, I loved Thanksgiving more than Christmas because I got to eat uh, a whole lot of food. Amen. And my mom made everything, all the good items and all that wonderful comfort food. We enjoyed that. And it was a wonderful time. Amen. But uh, I, uh, I do love the Christmas holiday. Amen. Celebrating the birth of Christ. And I'm getting more and more excited about Christmas and uh, and uh, celebrating uh, the Lord. Amen. Coming to earth. And we're going to talk about that on Sunday. Uh, but if you have your Bibles, I want to turn your attention to the book of Jeremiah, chapter number three. Jeremiah is in the Old Testament. Chapter three and verse 15. Amen. When you have it, say amen. amen. Jeremiah chapter 3 and verse 15. And uh, we want to read it here tonight. And I will give you pastors according to mine heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. Amen. This is the Lord. Amen. Giving to his people pastors. And pastors, a pastor is uh, must be given from the Lord. For it to be legitimate. And also on the other hand. It is to be uh, viewed as a blessing. Amen. From the Lord. A gift from the Lord. And that's what uh, the, the Lord speaks to the prophet Jeremiah. In chapter 3 and 15. And then uh, one more passage of scripture in the same book. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 23. And verses 1 through 4. Now we're going to take our time tonight and go through a somewhat of a study of the word of the Lord as it pertains to the topic we're going to tell you here in a moment. Jeremiah chapter 23 and verse number one says, Woe be unto the pastors that destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, saith the Lord. So on the contrary or the opposite side of the spectrum, it is the will of God that pastors uh, are gathering together the people of God. Amen. And that's uh, one of the things that is my responsibility as a pastor of Abundant Life Center is to gather, is to bring the people of God together, not to destroy and scatter, but to build up and to gather together the sheep of his pasture. Verse 2 says, Therefore saith the Lord God of Israel against the pastors that feed my people, Ye have scattered my flock and driven them away and have not visited them. Behold, I will visit upon you the evil of your doings, saith the Lord. And I will gather the remnant of my flock out of all the countries whither I have driven them and will bring them again to their folds. And they shall be fruitful and increase. Amen. So God is saying, I'm going to gather the remnant of my flock from everywhere. Uh, wherever I've driven them, and I'm going to bring them to their folds. Amen. We ought to be a part of the church. Amen. And all of us are tonight, but I want to stress the importance of being a part 
of a fold, being a part of a church, amen, that is uh, has a God-appointed pastor, a God-appointed leader. Uh, and I will bring them again to their folds, and they shall be fruitful and increase, because it is only when we are in the right fold that God has uh, placed us in, amen, that we can be fruitful and that we can increase. And verse 4 says, And I will set up shepherds over them, which shall feed them, and they shall fear no more, nor be dismayed, neither shall they be lacking, saith the Lord. Verse number 1 starts out talking about pastors. And it quickly uh, lets us to know uh, what that looks like uh, to in our, in our world and how we can relate to that. And in verse number 4, he says, I'm going to set up shepherds. I'm going to set up shepherds over them, which shall feed them. And so I want to talk for a few moments tonight on this topic. My pastor, my shepherd, my pastor, my shepherd. Amen. I want us to pray here tonight that God would help us and that God would help us to get a hold of the word of God and get a love for it in our hearts. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the Lord, the revelation of who you are today. We thank you, Lord, for apostolic doctrine. We thank you for the, Lord, the unadulterated word of God that we hold in our hands tonight. And I pray, God, that you would anoint me to speak. Lord, anoint me to teach from your word. I pray you would anoint me, God, as a servant of the Lord to declare some things in there in our church tonight, to set some things in order tonight. I pray, Lord, that you would give me that anointing, God. In the name of Jesus. And you would give us revelation, understanding in the mighty name of Jesus tonight. And everyone say in Jesus' name. Amen. And I I do realize that uh, we are, I am in, in large part teaching, preaching to the choir tonight. Those that are faithful to the house of God. Those that are rock solid saints in the house of the living God. Uh, But it is... Uh, It is uh, by divine design that we dive into the Word of God and that we teach from the Word of God. And we have a proper understanding of the Scriptures. And so that not uh, anything that blows our way will throw us off course and and take our feet out from under us. But we have to make sure that we uh, have a proper understanding. And I was talking uh, through the last several weeks with several ministers I was talking to. Uh, Brother Walmer, uh, Bishop Young, uh, and and even thinking back about uh, the things that I had watched and my father, amen, our bishop, down through the years. And, and they have all showed and, and uh, displayed and taught to me that what makes a church is good apostolic teaching. Amen. Taking your time and having good apostolic teaching that's grounded in the Word of God. That's not some man's... Uh, philosophy uh, that's not based upon uh, something you you got on the internet, but it has to be based upon the Word of God. And so the topic tonight of my pastor, my shepherd, amen, it may seem self-serving, but I don't care, amen, if you want to view it that way tonight, amen. But it's my responsibility as a pastor of Abundant Life Center to set some things in order to begin to teach some things. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse number 11, And he gave some apostles. Amen. It is again a gift from the Lord. It is something that God gives to you and I. Amen. To help us to get to where he wants us to get. And that is ultimately heaven. That is ultimately 
that celestial city. Amen. It is a gift from the Lord. And if we will allow God to uh, allow a pastor uh, as myself in this particular situation to help lead you and to guide you. Amen. Your family will be blessed. Your children will be blessed. Your marriage will be blessed. Your finances will be blessed and, and your mind will be blessed and all the things amen that that encompass your world and your life will be blessed because it is following the pattern that God has given us Ephesians 4 and 11 he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers I want you to pay attention to that amen I love throughout the years uh Throughout the years, uh, I, I've heard it, and I've heard it so many times. It's a fivefold ministry. But if you pay attention, as Brother Walmer was telling us last uh, last Wednesday night, to the punctuation and the different uh, articles that are here placed in this scripture, it is apostles, it is prophets, it's evangelists, and it's pastors and teachers. You can see it for yourself right there in the scriptures. Amen. And it is for the perfecting of the saints. It is for the perfecting of the saints. I'm going to tell you today that God is looking, amen, for a bride that has made herself ready. A bride that has no spot and no blemish and no wrinkle and she's prepared herself. And you can't get to where God wants you to get without the without the work and the ministry of the fivefold or the, the fourfold ministry and these particular gifts here in the church. It's for the perfecting of the saints. God's not looking for some bride that's got herself haphazardly ready for his arrival. God's not looking for a bride that's kind of throwing things together. But I'm going to tell you today under the power of the Holy Ghost, God's looking for a church that's made herself ready. That's a, a bride that's got herself adorned and said, I'm going to allow the apostles and prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to help perfect me and to work on the rough edges in my life. I want to be what God wants me to be. I mean, I want God to perfect me. I want to allow a pastor to, to speak into my life. And a pastor, amen, if, if you will, from time to time to point his finger in my face and say, you need to change your ways, Bubba. You need to get right. You need to work on this. You need to work on that. Amen. I, and I'm not telling you something that I have not received personally from my in my own walk with God. There's been many times, amen, my, my dad and my mom, uh, that they, they were my pastors, amen, when I was growing up. And they would, they would call me out and they would say, you're not praying, that's your problem. You need to pray. You're not paying your tithe, that's your problem. You need to pay your tithe. You're not being faithful to the house of God. And Pastor Shoemake, amen, who, I was, uh, who I'm still submitted under, amen, would, would rebuke me from time to time. And he would say, you need to work on X, Y, and Z in your life. And if I bucked it, if I said, I don't like the way you're talking to me, I'm a man. How dare you talk to me like that? You're just a man. Amen. I would not be what God wants me to be. And I would not allow, amen, the perfecting that God wants to do in my life. I'm going to tell you, God wants to refine. God wants to perfect. God wants to smooth out some rough edges. And he does it through the work of the fivefold ministry. He does it through the work, the perfecting of the saints. It's for the also the, the, the purpose of the fivefold ministry as we call it or the uh, the, the pastors and teachers of the fourfold ministry is also for the work of the ministry. The work of 
The ministry. What does that mean? That means that it's my responsibility, amen, to get you to a place where you can begin to minister to somebody else. You say, well, I don't want to do that. I want to sit back in the shadows. I want to sit, I want to sit back on the sidelines. I want to watch the, this, this parade. I want to watch it go by. Amen. If, if you allow a pastor, a, an apostle, a prophet, a, a teacher, uh, an evangelist to work in your life, it will get you to the point where you say, I think I, God can use me to minister to somebody. God can use me to teach a Bible study. God can use me to win a soul. God can use me to help somebody else. And God can, I believe God will raise up missionaries and pastors and evangelists from this church if we'll allow that work of the ministry to work in our lives. Hallelujah. It's for the work of the ministry. It's for the edifying of the body of Christ. And we need to be edified. We need to be encouraged and uplifted. And the Bible says it like this in Ephesians, till we all come in the unity of the faith. And we're trying to unite the body of Christ. We're trying to see the body of Christ come together. We're, I'm trying to see, amen, the hands function as the hands. I'm trying to see the, the feet function as the feet. I'm trying to see the legs, amen, help move the feet along the pathway. Amen, that's the body of Christ coming together in the unity of the faith. Amen, and that's the work of the ministry to see, amen, every, every body part functioning as God intended to function because God wants to reach a world before the rapture happens. Before the trumpet of the Lord sounds, amen, God's wanted to see a church established right here. And I'm going to tell you, amen, tonight, the fear of God, I believe that God can, amen, push, push if you will, a reset button on everything that happens right here in Abundant Life Center so we can get it right, so we can get the foundation right. If God's got to remove and God's got to replace, God will do it because it's his church and God wants to see the bride perfected. God wants to see the bride prepared and adorned for the bridegroom. And God will do whatever he's got to do to see his church prepared. God will do it. God will do it. God will do it. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. Amen. That is going to be a central figure. That's going to be a central focus throughout the history and throughout the actions of this church. It's going to be a knowledge of who God is. Not a knowledge of what's relevant for our world. Not a, not, not a knowledge of what's, what's trending right now on Twitter. But, amen, but a knowledge of the Son of God and who He is and how we ought to please Him and how we ought to live for Him. Amen. We, God wants to give us some understanding tonight. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. The measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. There is a measure that God has for each one of us, for our church. In other words, God's wanting to take us right here to this level. But sometimes he finds us right here and we're down here and God says, I'm going to send you some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers because you're, you're living down right here and I want you to take it a step higher. That's right. 
And I want to be able to speak some things into this church because there's a measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Amen. There's a fullness, amen, that God wants us to experience tonight. There's a fullness of revelation, a fullness of understanding, a fullness of covenant relationship with Him. And God says, take it a step higher. There's a measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Because that we henceforth be no more children. Amen. Tossed to and fro. Amen. And carried about with every wind of doctrine. Amen. It's not the will of God that we stay immature in our faith. It's not the will of God that we be, amen, we be sipping milk all of our lives. Amen. But it is the will of God that, amen, once in a while, amen, we take a bite out of some meat of the word of God. And we say, God, that's something that I've got to chew on. Oh, wow, that's something that's hard to digest. But it's good for me. It's what I need because it's not the will of God that I be childish in my faith. It's not the will of God that I go from one church to another, from one doctor to another. It's not the will of God that I go in and I go out, but I go back and I go forth. Amen. But God wants people to be established, founded upon a rock. Hallelujah. Not carried about with every wind of doctrine. By the slight of men and the cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. There is going to be folks out there that are just on, they're on edge, amen. They're on tippy toes waiting for you, amen, to be weak in your understanding of the word of God. Because there's going to be some, there's going to be some eloquent men and women. There's going to be some crafty, amen, preachers that come along the way and try to throw you, amen, a curveball, try and throw you off course, amen, try and bring you to about a, a curve in the road. And if you're not careful, if you're not discerning, amen, you're going to be taken off course. But unless you allow the fivefold ministry, the apostles and pastors, and right on down the line to begin to speak into your life, you're going to be carried away with that. But speaking the truth in love, may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. Taking a step back for a few moments. Four years ago, and I told you guys have all heard this, but for the sake of what I'm talking about tonight, I'm going to repeat it. Four years ago, amen, God put a call of God upon my life to come and pastor this church. It was not me that wanted it so much as it was God that wanted it. And I, when I felt the, the burden set upon me in, that, in our living room in our Fremont townhouse, and I began to weep and weep and weep and cry, and, and I, began to, I began to ask God, what about Lathrop, God? What about Lathrop, God? What about Lathrop? And I felt like God put that burden, and I felt like and there was another time I was in a, a traveling, I think it was in Chicago, and I was in my hotel room, and I took some time to pray. And I felt like, I, and I remember burying my face in a pillow in the chair because I didn't want to, you know, all the, all the neighboring hotel rooms to just start calling on me. But I remember burying my face in a pillow in the chair and began crying out to God, saying, God, help me to, to be that angel that stands between the city of Lathrop and you. Help me, Lord, to be that, that go-between, that intercessor for this city. And I let my voice out and I cried. And I said, but at the end of the day, God, you've got to speak to my pastor 
because it's not enough if I go there on my own accord, if I go there on my own uh, abilities and desires, and in my own flesh. God, it's got to be you that does the work. I cannot be a man sent preacher. I cannot be a man sent pastor. I've got to be a God sent, a God called, a God anointed pastor. Because that's the only kind that will get you from this terra firm, amen, to that city beyond the starry sky. And God has placed me and my wife here. And God has called us to pastor. Amen. You can, any one of you today can get online. You can go on Google. You can get your ordination from the state of California and have no qualifications. You can stand before people and start a Bible study in your home and say, well, I'm an ordained minister of the gospel, according to the state of California. But in the eyes of God, that doesn't mean a hill of beans. Unless he's put you there. In the eyes of God, that doesn't mean a hill of beans. Unless God has called you and God has sent you. And you've got the backing of another pastor. Amen. And it's got to be a God called, God sent, God anointed pastor. The famed Webster defined the word pastor as a shepherd. The definition is a shepherd. One that has the care of flocks and herds. A second definition within Webster's uh, definition of this word is a minister of the gospel who has the charge of a church and congregation whose duty is to watch over the people of his charge and instruct them in the sacred doctrines of the Christian religion. That's what the defining words of a, being a pastor is. That's how Webster defines it. In the word of God, there are synonymous terms with the word pastor. Some are overseer. Some are presbyter. Some are elder. And other, in many cases, in the word of God, New Testament's bishop. Those are words that are used to describe a pastor in the word of God. Metaphorically speaking throughout scriptures, the Pastor is the watchman in the watchtower over the vineyard. Amen. The vineyard, amen, as a, as a type of the church, as a type of the body of Christ. And the watchtower as it's erected, amen, and the watchman that sits in the watchtower and looks over the vineyard and, and he, he, he surveys the landscape and he says it's a pattern straight that we when, we when we planted our vineyard. Do we plant straight lines? Is it is it within the right boundaries and, and borders and barriers? Is there is there any is there any foul beasts that are gonna that are trying to make their way into the vineyard and the the watchman on the watchtower and then he's looking out. He's got to have vision. He's got to know how to how to respond. Amen. To threats that come into the vineyard. It's not just for anybody today, and it's not something that you want unless God puts you in that position. But metaphorically speaking, it's a watchman on the watchtower looking over the vineyard. Keeping watch, keeping watch over the vineyard. Another example in the word of God is the pastor is compared to the watchman on the wall. That's looking out, amen, beyond the city limits. He's looking out for the care of the city. He's looking out for those that are under his care. And he's looking out, and if he sees some enemy forces, if he sees something suspicious, 
that's maybe not an army, but it looks very odd. And it seems like that's something that we need to raise, you know, kind of hit the alarm bell about and warn people about. That's what the watchmen on the walls do. And amen. He says, I see something that doesn't look right. It's a little bit out of order. I'm going to warn the, those that are in the city. Prepare yourselves. Get ready. There's a stranger coming into our midst. You need to be careful with him. You need to, you need to be very guarded around him. Amen. That's the watchman on the wall. And the other metaphor that's used in the word of God is the pastor as a shepherd over the flock of sheep. The pastor as a shepherd over the flock. What it is not. The pastor is not a hireling as the word of God uses that word. And that word hireling is... Uh, this is, is used to describe a pastor or a minister that is only interested in material gain and is willing to prostitute his ministry, amen, to the whim of the people in return for a salary, amen. I don't want to be, amen, ever uh, described or put in certain terms as being a hireling, one that is, is just quickly gives in to the people, amen, because it's their whim, it's their desire that you water down the message, it's the desire of the people that you sugarcoat the message, amen. I, I don't want to be a hireling, amen. I've seen hirelings, amen. I've seen preachers preach under anointing of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Getting the whole conference on their feet. Amen. But I watched through the years. Amen. As that preacher, that same preacher that I'm thinking about in my mind. Amen. Sold out. Amen. The apostolic faith. Amen. For another faith. Amen. For another doctrine. For another belief system that paid a little bit more. That gave them a little bit more preaching opportunities. That gave them more traveling opportunities. That connected with more prominent people in the political world. Amen. I don't ever want it to be said. Amen. Of a preacher or myself. That that man is a hireling. Amen. We've got to be those that contend for the faith. We've got to be those that says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. And we got to love it with all of our hearts. we got to love it with all of our hearts. Hallelujah. I've seen not just those in ministry, but I've seen those in, in music. I've seen folks in music say, well, I, I'm going to go play for this church because they pay me a whole lot more money than the, than the church I'm at. I, I can do these church gigs and I can go down here and, and I can make me some money. And it doesn't matter if they don't preach the same thing or teach the same thing. Amen. But but I, I'm going to be a hireling. I'm going to follow the money because i, I got to take care of myself. And uh, there is a, there is a side to that where we've got to, amen, look out for our own financial welfare. But it must be biblically based. Amen. It's got to be, amen, in proper alignment with the man of God and the word of God for our lives. I don't want to be a hireling. I don't want to be a hireling. A pastor that is a hireling is a scary person to follow. Because they are moved very easily with the almighty dollar. Hebrews chapter 13 and 17 as we continue. Says, obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls as they that must give account. 
that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. In the Greek, as it talks that that first, it explains that first line: obey them that have the rule over you. In the Greek, it's those that lead you with official authority. Those that lead you with official authority, that stamp of approval upon their lives. Not someone that is a, a dictator or a ruler or is self-sent uh, or, or goes on based off their own uh, desires, but someone that is official, has official authority. Yes. Amen. Right. Obey yeah. them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves. Yes. Yes. There is a blessing in being submitted to a pastor. Yes. There is a blessing in being submitted to a pastor. God will bless you, amen, submitting to your pastor when you might have the right answer and your pastor might have the wrong answer. But God blesses you. You say, well, we need to do this to to see the church go forward. And sometimes I might say no. And if you fight back, you begin to create some contention within the body. And God does not bless that. The Bible says, for they watch for your souls as they that must give account. In other words, there's going to come a day when you stand before God, a brother Paul Cameron stands before God, he gives account for him and his wife, Sister Raymond. And then there's going to come a day when Bishop Cameron stands before God and God he has to give account for him and his wife and his children and grandchildren. Sister Gina is going to stand before God and she's going to have to give account for how she raised her boys and her home. Right. I'm going to have to give account for my wife, Sister Shannon, and my baby, how I raised my little girl, the things I allowed to go on in my home. But on, in addition to that, God's going to hold me accountable for the things I preached and taught in this church. And that's a responsibility that I have before the Lord. But the blessing is when you obey your pastor and submit yourselves. We're going to get to some more scriptures and it's going to let you know that it's not a dictatorship. Never should be. That's not the will of God. Romans chapter 10. If you have it, I want you to turn there with me. Romans chapter 10 and verse 13. Romans chapter 10 and verse 13. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. A lot of times we read that and we stop and we can get into all sorts of false doctrines. Say as long as I come to church and I believe on the Lord, I am saved. But we have to keep reading. And it says, how then shall they call on him? In whom they have not believed. So there's got to be some faith. And how shall they believe in him. Of whom they have not heard. Someone's got to tell them. They've got to hear the gospel preached to them. And how shall they hear. Without a preacher. There's got to be a preacher in your life. If you want to be saved. And how shall they preach. Except they be sent. Who. Does the sending. It's God that sends. And that's why we can understand a pastor, a preacher must be sent from God. Must be a God sent 
God-appointed pastor. How beautiful are the, and as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring good, glad tidings of good things. You can't just go, and, and <clears throat> I've heard this so many times, <clears throat> and I'm not an old man, but I, I've lived long enough to hear it a few times. Well, I'll just go start a Bible study church in my home. I'm just going to teach my kids a Bible study in the home. I'm just going to have my own little thing over here on the side. It's got to be a God-sent thing. You can't just set, sort of set up shop in your home and think, well, I'm going to have church here at home. I don't need the church at, at the body of Christ. I don't need the pastor. I don't need anybody else. I'm just going to be my own priest over my own home. That's not how it works. You need spiritual authority that's handed down to you. You need a God-called, God-anointed leader that is submitted to another. Not some loose, free-wielding renegade. There's a whole lot of those. There's a whole lot of those that just, oh, I'm just going to start up something here on my own. i got a desire, uh, and, and I, I, my pastor just doesn't see it the way I see it. Nobody else uh, sees it the way I see it. i got a revelation. I'm just going to launch out and do my own thing. God is not in that. And God will not bless it. And there will not be fruit. And there will not be increase that happens in that type of an environment. Moving, moving through the, the, the scriptures tonight. Proverbs chapter 20, 27 and verse 23. Proverbs chapter 27 and verse 23. And it says it like this. Be thou diligent to know the state of... Of thy flocks and look well to thy herds. Be thou diligent to know the state of thy flocks. The shepherd must be diligent in knowing the state of his flock. And I'm going to say it like this don't be alarmed and don't be offended if I, as a pastor or the shepherd, question why you weren't in church. Don't be offended. Don't be alarmed. If I'm asking, why haven't you paid your tithe? Why aren't you praying? Because it's my responsibility to be diligent to make sure that I understand what's going on. It may be that you come back and say, man, I had a blowout on the freeway. I got in a major car accident. We'd like to know. We want to be able to pray. Amen. Let us know. Let me know. Amen. Don't hide or isolate yourself. Amen. And I heard something recently, and I think it there's there's a lot of truth to it. <clears throat> Accountability goes both ways. Accountability goes both ways. As the church here tonight, you would want to know where I was if I was not here. If you came here to church tonight and I was AWOL, You'd be like, how dare he? I, I, I came. I got ready. I, I, I rushed through traffic. I got prepared. He didn't even tell us. The church was canceled. You, there's, there's been times I felt that way. There's been times I felt like, man, when, when we were living in Fremont, we'd drive all the way out and we'd hustle through bigger traffic. And uh, There's a few times that we... We'd get to church and we'd have like a couple songs to Monica and then pastor dismissed. And I was like, 
Not even preaching? I felt like I was getting cheated. Man, I just went through all this effort and church was dismissed. We, we felt like, man, we got cheated. But just like you would want to know where I was as a pastor, if I start missing randomly, if, if it wasn't just a one-time thing, but all of a sudden, man, he's kind of missed like a lot this month. Where's our pastor? Y'all would probably start looking for another church to go. I'm just going to say This guy's very... You know, you can't depend upon him. He's inconsistent. We're going to find somewhere else. This guy's a joke. Accountability goes both ways. Amen. My brother and I were talking recently about uh, a false doctrine that is currently being propagated. Uh, He had heard of this in his uh, Bible college classes online. It's called the Last Reformation Movement. I began looking at the the website that they have, and uh, you have to be very careful because looking at at face value, this last Reformation movement believes in the Acts 2.38 experience. They believe in repentance, water baptism, in Jesus' name, and the infill of the Holy Ghost. They encourage healing of the sick, preaching the gospel, Casting out demons and being led by the Spirit. That sounds like us, right? Well, those are things we believe in. But they do not believe in the importance of attending to being a part of a church. And just like the devil will give you a lot of truth and mix in some falsehoods. Mix in some something interwoven in that little tapestry. And you're saying, well, they believe it's like we believe. But we don't have to be a part of the church. They say it doesn't matter where you go to church on Sunday. It's not the building that counts. But the fellowship of disciples. And if we're not discerning, if we're not having the word of God taught. Amen. We are praying. And we are prone. Amen. To follow and to fall into false doctrine. And then. They begin to promote their movies where you can understand the last reformation better. So they get you with Acts 2.38, repentance, baptism in Jesus' name, Holy Ghost, casting out devils, healing the sick, being led by the Holy Ghost. But you ain't got to go to church. And oh yeah, watch our movies. We're creating some movies. We're trying to generate some revenue. And you begin to see the hireling concept. And then you begin to see that holiness is out the door as well. And the scripture that Brother Paul brought to my attention is in 1 John chapter 2 and verse 26. These things have I written unto you concerning them that seduce you. But the anointing which ye have received of him abideth in you, and ye need not that any man teach you. But as the same anointing teacheth you of all things and is truth. So folks can use this scripture and say, you don't have a need that anybody needs to teach you. If you look at these scriptures, and if you're not careful, you you isolate them. You say, well, the scripture says, I have no need that somebody teach me. I am my own minister. I don't need a pastor. I don't need a church. 
But the Bible says in 1 John, he's writing concerning them that seduce you. And we are to try the spirits to see whether they be of God. There's going to be all sorts of things that come into uh, our hearing and we hear about and we need to be conscious and aware of. We hear the term the priesthood of the believers as we read it in the book of 1 Peter. How many have heard that? The priesthood of the believer. What does that mean? Does that, does that simply mean that you don't need a priest? You don't need a pastor? You don't need a man of God in your life? Or does it mean that as the, the practicing the priesthood of the believer, now you can approach him directly? And you can worship God. You can offer sacrifices of worship and praise to him. I believe that it is the priesthood of the believer that now you and I can approach him directly. And we can worship him. And we can come boldly before him. Amen. But it does not mean that, that uh, you do not need a pastor. I do not need a pastor. And so we have to understand the scriptures and be very aware and very careful how we interpret the scriptures and how we understand them and how we digest them. Amen. I'm talking tonight about my pastor, my shepherd. Hallelujah. And the need that we have for pastors in our lives, the need that we have for apostles and evangelists and pastors and prophets and teachers, the need that we have for the ministry of the Lord working in our lives. There's a need. That we have. Because just like First Peter, the first few chapters talks about the priesthood of the believer. Chapter 5 of 1 Peter continues with an address to the elder to feed the flock of God. The pastor to feed the flock of God. So looking at the word of God and, it's, uh, and from a comprehensive point of view. Amen. And it's total totality, uh, we begin to see the, the full picture, the fullness of the word that God wants to give us tonight. And my responsibility, as we move to another part of this uh, teaching tonight, my responsibility as pastor and shepherd can be found in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 1. Praise the Lord. And I want you to, I want you to turn there if you will. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 1. I want you to see it for yourself. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse number 1. The elders, which we mentioned earlier, is synonymous term with the word pastor. The elders which are among you I exhort, who am also an elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ and also a partaker of of the glory that shall be revealed. Feed the flock of God. Which is among you. Amen. That's the first responsibility. Is to feed the flock of God. Is to, is to uh, teach the word of God. Uh, is to uh, give them some sustenance. And, and to allow the spirit of God. To work through, through the ministry here. And through the church. So that you can be fed. And you can leave the church feeling full. Of the word of God. Yes. My responsibility is to feed the flock of God. And it's also to take oversight thereof. Yes. To, to take oversight and to look at the whole picture and see, okay, what's going on in the church and what's taking place in the church. And it's having the oversight, but it's not by constraint. It's willingly, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind. Neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being examples, or in, as King James says, in samples to the flock. 
Amen. It's it's my responsibility to be an example of how you are to live your life, how you are to conduct yourself in the house of God, how you are to serve the Lord, to feed you with the ministry of the word, to take oversight willingly, willingly and not to lord over you, and to be an example to you all. And I want to take some time here to talk about this. If you want to know how you're to live your life, how to behave, how to talk, watch me. Watch me. Look at my life. In my home, there is no television. My wife doesn't wear pants. She doesn't wear makeup. She doesn't cut her hair. She doesn't wear jewelry. She dresses modestly, holy, and she dresses up for church every time. I shave my face every day. I keep my hair short. I wear a shirt and tie to church every service. We have a pastor that we are submitted to. He can rebuke us, and he has, and we still love him and submit to him and obey him. These are my words tonight. These are not getting out of a commentary. This is how you're to live your life. If you're wondering how you ought to dress to the house of God, look at how I dress to church as a man. If you're a woman wondering how you ought to dress, look at Sister Shannon. If you're wondering what time you ought to be here, look at us. We are to be examples, though not always perfect, but doing our very best to lead a godly life and being an example. The responsibility is to equip for ministry. We mentioned that earlier. It's for your perfecting. But it's to be an example. And if we will hear these words tonight, God will help our church. God will help us to be the church he wants us to be. Ezekiel 33 and 7 says, So thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore thou shalt hear the word at my mouth and warn them from me. When I say unto the wicked, O wicked man, thou shalt surely die. If thou dost not speak to warn the wicked from his way, that wicked man shall die in his iniquity. In other words, if I don't preach against Sin. If I don't warn against, amen, the destructive forces and powers of sin, you are going to die in your sins. But God is going to require your blood at my hands. His blood will I require at thine hand. Nevertheless, if thou warn the wicked of his way to turn from it, and if he do not turn from his way, he shall die in his iniquity. But thou hast delivered thy soul. And I'm going to tell you tonight. Amen. These are, this is some, I don't need you to, amen. I mean, this is some good teaching tonight. 
This is some good teaching that we need to hear tonight. And this is what's going to make you and I solid Christians in the word of God. How to conduct ourselves, how to live our lives, how to please the Lord. Titus chapter 1 verse number 5 says, For this cause left I thee in Crete. This is, amen, uh, writing to Titus. This is a, the, the, the book written to Titus. For this cause left I thee in Crete, that thou shouldest set in order the things that are wanting. In other words, there should be order in the house of God. There should be order in the house of the Lord. And to set that thou shouldest set in order the things that are wanting and ordain elders in every city. Amen. In other words, it's again, it's that God appointed, amen, God sanctioned pastors that's being set up in different cities. It's the will of God that from this church, amen, come other pastors that launch out, amen, into French camp that launch out into other, amen, surrounding cities and areas or neighbors that don't have a church, amen, that we establish churches and we establish elders and pastors, amen, but it must be God that does it, amen, if any man be blameless, the husband of one wife, having faithful children, not accused of riot or unruly, for a bishop must be blameless as the steward of God, not self-willed, not soon angry, not given to wine. No striker, not given to filthy lucre, but a lover of hospitality. A lover of good men, sober, just, holy, temperate. Holding fast the faithful word as he hath been taught. And that's what we're doing tonight. We're holding fast the faithful word that we have been taught. And there's going to be, again, there's going to be different doctrines and uh, last Reformation type uh, doctrines that, that come your way. And you'll be like, man, that kind of sounds right. But if you allow the Holy Ghost to work in your life, you'll, uh, you'll begin to recognize something's not right with this. Try the spirits, whether they be of God. Try the spirits, whether they be of God. One of the things, uh, Fapo, the Holy Ghost, is it helps you to, to feel after things and recognize something's off there. This this feels right in my spirit and it lines up with the word of God. The Holy Ghost begins to lead you. And you begin to recognize. I, I just I know I used I grew up in this and this is all I've known, but I'm I've, I've been exposed to this this word of God and, and something's different over here. I've got to cleave. I've got to hold fast, as the book of Titus says, hold fast the faithful word as you have been taught, that he may be able to, that he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and convince the gay, the gainsayers. If we could stand to our feet, amen, we are through tonight. And I'm going to leave you with a couple more words. My uh, wife, amen, she's grown up in First Church San Jose. Sister Monica's from First Church San Jose. Uh, I was there for a number of years when I got married. And one of the things that I heard Pastor Shoemaker say so many times was the true test. The true test, I want you to hear me tonight. The true test of someone's spirituality or their spiritual maturity the true test of what's in their heart is how they respond to correction. 
The true test of someone's spirituality is how do they handle correction. You can, you can talk all you want of how spiritual you are and how you have a walk with the Lord and, and God talks to you, but if, somebody, if the man of God corrects you and you get nasty or you fight or you just start, something's off. Don't ever allow a wedge of offense to come between yourself and the man of God. Don't ever allow a wedge of offense to get between you and myself as pastor in this role, nor my wife as pastor's wife. The devil will look for all sorts of ways to get a wedge between you and me, between Sister Shannon and you. And, and, and the devil's looking for one little thing. I don't like the way they did that. They talked to me. They acted. And, and if you're not careful, you begin to harbor something and say, you know what? i got to let that go. I've got to make sure that this, is a, this pastor and pastor's wife is a gift from the Lord. And they're trying to help me. And, and we do not have uh, harmful intentions. And God wants to help this church to be a rock-solid, apostolic, in-doctrine, Pentecostal, and experienced church. A church that knows what they believe, a church that has searched the scriptures and has found what has been declared from the pulpit is in fact in the word of God and is in fact being properly handled and properly delivered and properly treated as such. And it's not being adulterated, it's not being changed, and it's not being modified and, and added from it and removed from it. And you don't even know what if what you believe is even there in the Word of God because someone's taken away from it and added to it and they've thrown this spin on it. And we've got to know what we believe as a church. Right. We've got to know what we believe as a church. Right. And uh, like I said a few moments ago, Amen. I was talking to Bishop Curtis Young uh, a few uh, weeks ago, and he was telling us that you know what. He's, I think he was a pastor for, I don't know, 10 years maybe or something. And uh, the church was very small there in Oakland. And now it's it's a it's a lot larger church. And they have a choir and a beautiful building and all, you know, all the different things that make up a, uh, what we think of a beautiful church. But he was telling me as we were sitting at dinner, they had teaching Wednesday nights, every Wednesday night, every Sunday morning. And then they had preaching Sunday morning. But they had teaching, teaching. Teaching, teaching. He said, as I was talking to Bishop Young, he said, I went, I don't know if it was him or another minister that was off uh, as, a, as a military chaplain. And in the military chaplain, there's folks that come from all over the world or from all over the U.S. Uh, to be in the, in, the, in the armed forces. And he said the ones that came from churches where they had solid teaching, teaching after teaching, those were the only ones that made it through. The, the, through the uh, armed forces living for God. Those that came from churches and all they did was just preach, 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 preach. Eventually they fell by the wayside because they didn't have a solid understanding of the word of God. And as we move into 2019, it is my, it is our endeavor, it is my desire that with the Sunday morning Bible class, amen, Wednesday night Bible class, amen, and we're going to have a lot of teaching, a lot of Digging deep into the word of God. And God's going to help this church to grow and be established. And, and God may take folks out, but God's going to add some other folks in. 
Amen. God, God's going to shuffle the deck, if you will. But at the end of the day, he's still the one shuffling the deck. And he's still the one that's in charge. He's still the one that's in control. And, and, and God, he's in charge. And I'm looking forward to 2019. I'm going to tell you tonight. Amen. I've been calling the architect. That wall is still coming down. Whether, it, whether the church is this size or twice this size or three times this size. Because what God's going to do in 2019, amen, God's going to help us to fill this building. And it's going to be an apostolic Pentecostal church. And folks are going to get the Holy Ghost. Folks are going to get baptized. There's going to be Bible studies taught. There's going to be a red-hot apostolic church right here in Lakeville. Hallelujah. Let's lift our hands and worship the Lord tonight. Lord, we love you today. Come on, lift your voice. Jesus, we give you praise. We give you glory. Jesus, we give you honor. We magnify you. We thank you, Lord, for the touch of the Holy Ghost. There is truly nobody like Jesus. God, we lift you up tonight. We magnify you. Come on, I want us to thank you for what he's going to do in 2019. We thank you, Lord, for the revival that's coming. We thank you, Lord, for the apostolic truth that's going to be taught service after service. We thank you, Lord, for rock-solid, bedrock truths of the Word of God. We thank you, Lord, for the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord, for washing sinners in the waters of baptism. In the name of Jesus. We thank you for a holiness separated from the world, consecrated to God's church, the ecclesia, the called out ones. Jesus. Amen. Get ready. As the 